Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, let's get started. I've got, uh, I got download quotia to, uh, to meet, so uh, I think uh, Paul says I've got so many more downloads. I think I've got eight, and he's got seven, so it's a, it's a neck-and-neck race. So we need to get the service over so you can go home and download this stuff, okay? Uh, last Sunday, oh, g- uh, by the way, good morning. My name is Kurt. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Mariner's Church, and uh, I, I get to work with junior high and high school kids. So, uh, yeah. hey, thank you. <laughs> Anything that I say today, you can filter through a high school student. They can explain to you exactly what I said. Uh, they're used to, to the crazy stuff that I do. Um, so our, our pastor, Paul, gave a, a very encouraging message last Sunday, and I strongly encourage you to go to our website and, and to listen. It. Not, please don't do it now. That would be embarrassing if during the service you listen to his messages. But um, his basic message was, was this, whether life is or is not going the way I have planned, God is giving me more than enough for life and joy and peace. You see, as a a follower of Jesus Christ, I have an example to follow. I have the example of Jesus. No matter what my current situation is, if it's crummy or incredible, if it's mediocre or if it's smoking, (laughs) my character, my attitude, my decisions should reflect Jesus in every way. Life on this planet doesn't always make sense even for those who are following Jesus with all their heart. Bad things happen to good people. Natural disasters will leave thousands homeless. Morally irresponsible people will come to power. Godly people will suffer for doing good things. But along the way, God rescues some while others suffer. Some prayers are answered immediately, and some prayers prayed passionately go unanswered for a lifetime. Life can be chaos, and sometimes you and I begin to wonder, where is God in all of this? As we consider that, let's pray. God, we need you. Times... Life is foggy and cloudy and we don't quite see a a way forward. And sometimes life seems to be going the way we got it planned and figured out and other times it's going the opposite direction. We need you. So we sit here and we want to hear from you today. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. God knows what is happening to you right now. God knows what has happened to you in the past. God knows what will happen next. From his position in eternity, he sees all things. He's not just hanging out in the universe, sitting back in the darkness, unattached. He is connecting with you He is present with you in ways you could never imagine. 
We've been studying a book called Philippians, and it's actually a a handwritten letter to to the followers of Jesus in a first century city called Philippi. And it was written to them, and it was written to us to give us hope when life doesn't make sense, to encourage us when life seems to be off the rails. And it gives us an example to follow. Paul, our pastor, not the guy who wrote the book, ended his message last weekend by challenging us to change our perspective on our purpose. It means to see everything, everyone, every situation, every decision, every relationship in light of Jesus and what he wants me to do. Paul, the guy who wrote the letter, not our pastor, wrote that when life doesn't go as planned, we should live for Christ. Live for Christ is the call of everyone who passionately follows God. Paul wrote, For to me, living means living for Christ. See everything, everyone, every situation, every decision in the light of Jesus and what He wants me to do. Living for Christ means that He's first in my mind. His words are first in my mouth. His thoughts are my thoughts. His actions are my actions. My whole being, the whole fabric of who I am is for Christ. And what's really amazing is that as Paul is writing this letter, he is chained to a prison guard because he is physically in prison for preaching and proclaiming and telling people about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says that living for Christ means that we should live as a citizen of heaven. No matter where I was born, no matter where I live now, by faith in Christ, my citizenship has transferred from this planet to eternity. My new home, my new culture, my new way of living is completely impacted by my faith in God. And so he writes, Live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. There will come days when you will feel utterly weak, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and you don't feel like you can continue. You'll be at your lowest point when old habits are the only thing that you can think about. When nagging emotions and, 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 and mental darkness cloud your thoughts and fill your mind with despair. When your medical condition makes you wonder, does God really care about me? When walking with Jesus seems like the most dumb decision you could have ever made. When it feels like you're at the end. Live like a citizen of heaven. Paul makes a declaration that is bold and beautiful and full of trust in God when he writes, My life will 
honor Christ. Everything I do, every situation I'm involved in, every decision I make will bring honor to Christ. Wow, that's bold. So what does heaven's citizenship look like? It, it looks like standing together in one spirit and one purpose. It's fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. And we read that word fight, and it, and it sounds like adversary. It sounds like we're, 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 we're attacking. But I want you to read that word like this. Living. Standing together with one purpose and one spirit. Living together for the faith, which is the good news. Standing together as followers of Jesus. Standing as one person, one spirit, one purpose, united, tied together with the good news that I'm saved by the goodness of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. My life is not my own. My life belongs to God. Stand together with the people of faith and do just what Jesus did. Love God, love people, and just keep telling the story. I will have my weak moments, but in that moment, I, I lean on the other citizens of heaven. And I, I lean on you, and, and you prop me back up. Probably a, a lot of you will need to prop me up. But we stand together in faith. And when you begin to stumble, when you begin to, to, to crumble, when you begin to, that we, we, we pull each other together and we, we say, no, 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 we're not going to let you fall. We're standing together in faith. And it looks like this. It, being a citizen of heaven means we're not intimidated by our enemies. We're not intimidated by the world that comes to destroy us. The things that are, that are intended to knock us down and to tear us apart. We, we will not be overcome with evil, but we will conquer evil by doing good. Living together for the faith. Loving God, loving people, and telling the story. In a world where unfair is the universal cry from politics to high school sports to, to family rooms and boardrooms and everywhere in between, God has given us an example to follow. And that example is His Son, Jesus Christ. And it says in, in Scripture that we should live like Jesus we need to set ourselves aside, we need to become humble, and we need to walk in the very footsteps of Jesus, doing what He did, going where He went, loving people like He loved people. And, and it says here in, in Philippians that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. If you, if you want to live for Christ and you want to be a citizen of heaven, then, then you must have His attitude and he took the humble position of a slave. He humbled himself in obedience to God. This is our example. If anyone could scream unfair, it was Jesus. But he didn't do that. We know what he did. He lived in obedience to God. 
So our, our call is to live clean as a child of God. This, this is not easy. <laughs> living for Christ, living like Christ, living clean. Anyone here want to say that they do that perfectly? I'll wait for your hands. Don't worry. No one? Not me. <laughs> Don't wait for me to raise my hand. I have a firm grasp on how broken I am and how much I need Jesus. Thankfully, God has given us some tools for the journey. God has given us some tools that we can pack up and take along with us because none of us are able to be exactly like Jesus. Have any of you noticed that I'm wearing a backpack? Yeah, okay. Uh, Good. Well, let's go on. (laughs) Um, We have this... We have these tools for the journey. I'm so thankful for gravity. So along this journey of following Jesus, the first, one of the first tools that we have is, is this garbage bag, and it's, it's the, the gift of confession. It's the gift of getting the junk out of our lives. Confession is admitting to God that sin is sin. It's admitting to God that, yes, I said that. Yes, I did that. Yes, I went there. Yes, I looked at that. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I did what you told me not to do. And, and you get that stuff out of your life. You confess that to God. And one of the great promises of Scripture is that God says that He will forgive us when we confess our sins. Why? Because He is a good, loving Father. And he takes the junk out of our lives and we confess it to him and it stays behind us. You know, every Wednesday morning I put my trash cans out at the the curb and the the Holy Republic truck comes (laughs) and takes my trash and goes and it never comes back. And God is so much more loving than the Holy Republic truck. (laughs) He never brings my past back to me. Never, because he loves me, and he is a good, loving father. And when I confess my sin to him, it's gone, it's in the past, it's never coming back. So I can confess, and that, that reminds me of my citizenship in heaven. Another tool that, that God gives us is, is this, this safety rope, and uh, we... We, we use this, and the, the, the word here is, is, is accountability. Kathy, would you hold that? Mark, would you hold that? Arturo, would you hold that? We, we have this, this, this line of accountability in our faith. It, it, it ties us to the people of God. It ties us to the other citizens of heaven. These people who want to live like Jesus and live clean, and, and, and they're imperfect and broken like me. Sorry to break that to you. But they're just like me, but what we're tied together in our faith so that when I begin to return to the things I don't want to do, there it is. They say, no, we love you. Come back. Be strong. Stand together. We're tied together as citizens of heaven. When I have doubts about my faith and those doubts begin to pull me away, I say, no. In the citizenship of heaven, it's safe to have questions and doubts about God. It's okay not to have it all figured out. 
when I want to return to my old habits and live my own way. We love you too much to do that, big boy. Come back. And, and when they want to walk away, when they have questions, when they have doubts, when they have fears, when they're going through something, we're tied together. This is what Mariner's Church is all about. This is called a life group. This is called a, a study group. This is called accountability. And God gives us this gift because being a citizen of heaven is not easy. Living for Christ and living like Christ and living clean is not easy. God gives us this tool that ties us together. Mark, don't put the rope down. <laughs> All right, you're out. <laughs> and when I give up and I walk away, they say, no, we're still tied together. We're still tied together. Thank you. Now, illustration's over. You can... So we have the gift of confession, we have the tool of confession, we have the gift and the tool of accountability, and, and, and then we have, we have the gift of Bible study. We have the gift of, or the tool of digging into God's Word and, 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 and seeing who God is. Because that's what Scripture is all about. It's about us reading and understanding who God is and about His heart and about His love for us and about His mission and His passion for the world. It's about a relationship with Him, and, and, I, and I, I dig into God's Word a little bit at a time. And I begin to understand His heart and who He is. And what's really crazy is when I begin to dig into God's Word, a little bit at a time I learn more about myself, how God sees me and who God wants me to be. This weekend I was traveling past one of the construction sites in our town and there was this big earth mover there. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to bring that here to the church and, and I would drive it right in here because that's what youth pastors do. Just bring that big thing right in and say, this is what God wants you to do to dig it. No, that's so wrong <laughs> on many levels. God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed and buried in his word. He wants us to dig through and understand it a little piece at a time to dig in and, and understand who he is and who his heart and what his heart is and understand who he created us to be. And another tool that God gives us for this journey is, uh, is the tool of perseverance. And it, it looks like a good tread on your shoe. As the Bible describes the journey of faith as a narrow road. And on that narrow road, it's more like a path than anything else. And it's long and it's rugged and, and, and it's hard. And there will be times when, the, when there are ruts that try to slow us down or trip us up. There will be slippery slopes. There, there, there will be hazards that are seen and unseen. And, and in our faith, our walk with God as a citizen of heaven, we need to persevere because it's not always easy. And we'll need to press on. That's why Paul wrote from prison that he has not achieved what we're talking about, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the goal, to reach the, to reach the end of the race and receive my heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Perseverance, pushing on, moving ahead. With, with my, the citizenship of heaven with me, we do it together because it's not easy. 
And there'll be times that, that we're walking on a trail that you've already walked on and I've not seen it yet. And so by faith, we walk it together and you say, come on, persevere, let's move together. And there'll be times that we're blazing on trails in our faith that none of us have ever seen. And we need to fully rely on each other, fully rely on God as we travel this road of faith. And then the, the last tool that, not the last, but another tool that God gives us for the journey are, is the, the tool of prayer. Where I get down on my knees and I, I have a conversation with God. and It's not just talking to Him, but it's also listening. It, it's, it's intentionally beginning days and ending days and the middle of days on my knees and saying, God, I'm, I'm not sure. God, I'm overwhelmed. God, I have doubts. God, I have a question. God, God, I'm not sure where this is supposed to go. And you see these, uh, these knee pads are pretty well worn. And quite honestly, don't smell them. They reek. Because quite often when I fall on my knees, it's, it's usually when, when my faith is, is going through something really stressful and it's hot and it's sweaty and, and, and I'm, my faith is sweating. I don't know if that's even a thing, but I just said it, so it must be. I'm sweating in my faith. And these knee pads get worn out. One of the ways that these knee pads get worn out is is I am broken. And I'm not completely finished yet. And I fall. I make mistakes. I say the wrong things. I do the wrong things. And when I do, I fall on the grace of God. And when I land on my knees, I'm amazed at the love of God the Father that surrounds me, that loves me through the darkest moments of my life. Because you will mess up. We will not do it all perfectly. We will fall. And when we fall on our knees, we find that as a citizen of heaven, God's grace surrounds us and supports us and loves us. God doesn't promise freedom from our weakness. We will have bad days when the stuff that we don't want to do is exactly the stuff that we do. (laughs) And the stuff that we don't want to be involved with is the stuff that exactly comes and attacks our lives. But God will give us His strength in our weakness. The strength to endure and persevere. To come out on the other side of that situation with a a faith that is stronger and an understanding of of the the goodness and the love of God and the presence of God in our lives. When Paul was in prison and chained to a guard, he didn't muscle through his troubles. He simply stood firm in the power of God and he continued on. Paul knew his own weakness. And he knew where his strength came from. This is our faith. Worship team, would you join me please? The goal of our faith in God is to become more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Living for Him, 
living like him. When life surprises us with good things or devastates us with chaos and loss and disappointment or when we go through the worst things we could ever imagine, we have a solid foundation in the storm of life. Faith in God makes sense. No matter how senseless the world becomes around you, God will always be your rock, your firm foundation for which to build your worldview and your life. In the inevitable times when weakness and suffering come and invade your life, remember to follow your leader and take comfort in the fact that God is here for you now and He will never leave you. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, holy is your name. You are so good and so kind and so loving. We need you. And so this morning, God, we remember your words. We remember what you've done. We celebrate who you are. Make us more like Jesus today. Amen.